Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live.
Welcome, everybody, to Off-Road Live. It's just another Monday, right? Well, kind of wrong. This is the uh, Baja 1000, king of Baja 1000, wrap for 2016. We're going to wrap up the uh, desert off-road race that happened this weekend. And, of course, we'll have a special guest, of course, Alan Cole uh, from MotorMexico.com. He'll be live on the line momentarily. We've got... uh, an off-road recreation headline, and lots more tonight in association with the Mexico City football game tonight on Monday Night Football. studios in the big bad desert and of course we're here with all of our friends ram trucks marlboro hard rock budweiser red bull live from the desert tower studios and of course help with all of the uh, logistics this weekend by bajasafari.com And uh, we have some very interesting reporting in from TeamValvoline.com in their Baja 1000 project. We're also celebrating tonight, along with the uh, Monday night football game between Houston and Oakland in Mexico City. Well, what's the big story from the Baja 1000? Roger Norman allowed Todd Peterson to race in the Baja 1000. The big story from this race event is Roger Norman allowed the guy who killed the kid at the last race to race in this year's event. Peterson crossed the finish line in the Ready Gunner Trophy Truck number 68. The driver of record, Tim Weston from Corona, California, and Blake Camello, the other driver. Also listed as a another sponsor for this race rig was WRS Darkside Communications. Todd Peterson reached the finish line, 10th overall, in the trophy truck class. BajaRacingNews.com has numerous reports of this truck cutting the course. 
Gary Newsom, the editor of BajaRacingNews.com, is investigating and documenting the reports. In other race news, a major trophy truck team is claiming today Roger Norman takes cash, U.S. dollars, to make penalties disappear. This happened at this year's Baja 1000 and last year's Baja 1000. Cash makes penalties disappear. As the finishing trophy trucks rolled through the goal of this year's Baja 1000 in Ensenada, a prominent team contacted Gary in Ensenada as they were proceeding through their uh, activities this weekend, and they told Gary that they've had enough with the fraudulent operations from Roger Norman. Quote, at last year's Baja 1000, we paid Roger cash to make penalties disappear, unquote. We paid in excess of $5,000 for each, quote, violation, our penalties went away. The racer continued, this is a cash-in-hand operation here in Mexico. And Gary Newsom, the publisher of BajaRacingNews.com, is reporting that this year's money exchange was witnessed, and he will report on those witnessed events. Roger also attempted to censure the Ensenada local press. Unbelievably, Elvigia newspaper, the local press in Ensenada, has reported that Roger Norman, before he owned SCORE, was fully reported on in the Elvigia newspaper. Very pro-Roger uh, Norman. But now Roger claims the Elvigia newspaper has hate speech against him. Thus, he did not allow the local newspaper to his event in Ensenada this weekend. Roger has more problems with the press. Roger Norman and his employees have attempted cover-ups of negligent race operations for years, including and not limited to the death of Kurt Caselli. Gary Newsom will report tomorrow in the BajaRacingNews.com online newspaper the employee's name who removed the audio section of the live stream when Kurt Caselli was dying in the desert and SCORE was doing nothing. This weekend's race event was marred by another life-threatening emergency medical race misadventure involving the park house and another rig. And then, unbelievably, SCORE attempted to cover up this incident as well, and it was recorded by Off-Road Live. These conspired attempts to hide the truth are now open for public consumption and official determination. The lives of the people of Mexico and the paying customers of SCORE are at risk. And horribly. Another race incident involving an medical, emergency medical misadventure. This report from the newspapers in Ensenada over the weekend. An accident 
with the people who were registered for racing at 4.51 early in the morning of the race, still dead dark at kilometer 137 of the Ensenada San Felipe Road near the intersection at Mike's Sky Ranch, being severely injured when apparently suffered an amputated leg. No names of the injured were initially reported. The victims were transferred to Ensenada. Apparently, those involved who were later, uh, the names were later reported, were the vehicle 127, who is Cody Parkhouse. His current medical status is unknown. He was he is 30 years of age, and the other victim who lost the, his left leg above the knee was from vehicle number 288 and is 48 years of age. The race vehicles 288 and 127 were involved in a severe medical incident after a head-on collision with another race car. On-site advisors requested air assets. All four racers were severely injured. The incident started at 445, reportedly on-site. The 288 was heading north on the dirt to a 90-degree right-hand turn onto Highway 3 east. The speed zone, being 37 miles an hour, starts when you hit the pavement. The 127 was heading west. The head-on collision occurred just after the 288 turned east onto the highway. Just before the accident, the 127 was traveling at about 47 miles an hour. Again, the zone there on the asphalt is 37 miles an hour. And at about 1,300 feet before the right turn onto Highway 3, 288's tracker had him driving at 57 miles an hour. The cars came to rest about 1,000 feet east of the intersection. The incident site was at Race Mile 598 on San Matias on the highway. In response, SCORE reported that they, quote, do not have an air asset on standby for medical emergency night flight, unquote, and SCORE told them to hold, we're working on it. For over an hour, the victims lay badly injured in the middle of nowhere. SCORE only said to, quote, wait for the ambulances, unquote. The second ambulance got there an hour later. Cody Parkhouse was one of the victims, as mentioned in the initial press report from Ensenada. Only until at 5.30 a.m. did SCORE finally admit, quote, drive them to San Felipe. Oh, no, wait, drive them to Ensenada, unquote. And then right after that direction, SCORE Ops, Kim from SCORE Ops, ordered the weatherman to cut the radio relay system off the air. The tape is available on BajaRacingNews.com. One possible explanation was that each other was blinded by uh, their running lights, and they uh, hit head-on. At 7.53 a.m., a chaser for one of the teams involved in the head-on called into Weatherman for an update. Bad news. Your people have been ambulanced to Ensenada. In race results in the Baja 1000, overall finishers, Rob Mack was first, Carlos Abdali Lopez second, Troy Herbst third, Tavo Vildosola fourth, Mark Post fifth, Luke McMillan sixth, Colton Udall seventh, Annie McMillan eighth, 
Stephen Eugenio, ninth, Billy Wilson, tenth. Uh, I do have to report that you can't trust these race results. They've been changed for official finisher lists and official penalty lists, and you can't trust uh, the names of the uh, drivers because those can be changed uh, by Score International. And as is being reported by one of the trophy truck teams, you just pay a little bit more and you can get people to be invisible on your race team. Let's say somebody has a bad history or did something wrong in the past. You can pay them extra and they disappear. So don't trust the uh, the information that is uh, available uh, via the uh, uh, score records. Alan, are you there? Yes, I am, Mr. Mike. So Alan Cole from MotorMexico.com calling in. Uh, Alan was uh, on site also for the uh, Baja 1000 race again this year. How many races is that in a row now, uh, Alan? I think this was uh, number 34, Mike. That's amazing. So you've been going to the uh, race events for 34 years. Um, What was uh, your location uh, for this year's event? We were about race mile 47, which is uh, just south of, probably about nine miles south of Ojos Negros. And what did you get to see? Got to see a lot of pre-running and got to see a lot of racing um, because of, you know, we were so close to the start line, 47 miles, but wasn't much attrition and just a whole lot of uh, whole lot of racing, good racing going by. Did you get to see any of the uh, the backups or uh, uh, any of the uh, uh, areas that were uh, blocked by uh, numerous race cars? We couldn't see it, but we were very aware of it because there were these big, um, you know, lapses of any cars coming by, and then cars started coming by. But we were right at a junction where the the race the race course came in from Ensenada from on, on the west. And there's a little road that went just to the east of that that in a, about a half a mile hit the um, the return course, you know, where they're going back up towards Ojos on the return. And all of a sudden we started seeing race cars coming down that road on their way out of Ensenada. In other words, they bypassed that roadblock somewhere along the line, having probably gotten radio communication about it had an alternate route figured out, <laughs> and off they went. Yeah, that was uh, reported pretty widely that uh, that the uh, Honda Ridgeline that was in the event uh, got stuck, and then uh, people found uh, ways around that uh, that bottleneck. Yeah, well, you have to. You know, you can't just sit there and let the dust settle. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, so you were there uh, essentially the entire weekend, um, and uh, you brought down a, a, a guest uh, to the race event. Uh, what was uh, his take on his first experience? He loved it. Um, yeah, we got there actually on Sunday before the race and you know, spent the entire week there until Saturday. And that was me with my nephew from Wyoming, who's a hunter and an avid motorcycle racer and rider and he just uh, thought that was about the coolest thing he'd ever seen, watching these guys go by. Now, I'm going to venture to say you didn't see any game, but it's always possible that there there is there has one that has survived the uh, Mexican frontier. Did you did you see any game? Nope, just a lot of cattle. 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I've been in uh, so many ranches in the middle of Baja and throughout the peninsula that, you know, the inside of the uh, uh, their thatched uh, adobe uh, house, I'll call it a home, uh, and usually the ceiling is made out of uh, coyote pelts. Yep, well, we saw a lot of, we did, we did see one coyote at night, and when I say that, we shined a flashlight on him and we could see his eyes, but had a lot of them yipping all around where we were camped. It was kind of cool to listen to them barking at the uh, supermoon. Well, and and so oh right, there's oh no, there's coyotes all over the place. <laughs> but uh, I was uh, mention I was venturing to say that you may have seen some mule deer. Yeah, no, I knew I understood that, but no, we didn't see any mule deer. Just the only wildlife were just the birds and. Uh, we're pretty sure we're coyotes, and we heard them, but that was it. Well, let me let me also, uh, since we're talking about it, uh, you know, the only other cat that I've seen uh, in Baja, and I've seen pretty big sized bobcat. Did you see any? When was have you seen any bobcat in Baja? I have not. I've seen them right at my house here in Tucson, or outside of Tucson, but not never seen any down there. Yeah, I, I've seen a couple really big ones, and uh, you know, I definitely wanted to distinguish them between all the other stuff that's down there, which we did. You know, it, and that's real easy. They just have that. Uh, you know, the reason why they're called the bobcat is because they don't have a tail. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, so, wow, you were down there a long time, and obviously, from your site uh, during the period of time you were there, you saw the place change immensely over the period of time you were there. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, we 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 don't have we love our Mexican friends, but we like to be far enough away so that we can have some privacy in our camp. In one year at the 500, we were only about five miles south of Ojos Negros. Got there about four days early, and no one else around us. And the night of the race, you know, they just they started showing up by the hundreds, and so we just went quite a ways farther south this year just to have a little more room to spread out. But it was, you know, it was cold too, by the way, Mike. When when my nephew took a picture of my me in my bunk, he couldn't see me because I was totally covered up, but sleeping bag completely covered with frost. And we had that at least two nights where it was that cold, probably down to around 28, 7, 26, something like that. Where are you, about 35, 4,500 feet? Uh, yeah, we were about 35, about 35, I think. Yep. Uh, one of the things that that happened this year, and it's you know it's the things these are the things that change year to year, but uh, we had uh, beautiful conditions uh, literally up up until the point that uh, pre-running closed up, um, nice warm air mass, and then all of a sudden our very first uh, cool down of the season came, and you got a piece of that. Yes, we did. <laughs> uh, how was the uh, how was your experience with the super moon at your location? It was awesome. Gee, it was. You didn't need a flashlight to read, I think. <laughs> no, it was just like uh, 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 daylight in the middle of, especially when this, the moon was directly overhead. Yeah, it, I guess the super moon, from what I understand, is the closest that it comes to the Earth. Not only that, but it's. It won't be for another forty-eight years that it gets this close. Right, right. Boy, it was really bright. <laughs> Um, now let's talk again uh, more about now the the camping experience and and uh, being on site in Baja. There's nothing like it. Uh, let's move back to uh, your uh, uh, you know your take on the racing event. 
Now, uh, we had a very brief uh, pre-race uh, interview, and I agree with you. I, I think the uh, the weatherman service was exceptional this year. They did a uh, uh, really terrific job. Everybody should support them. And um, uh, was there anything in particular other than just kind of an upgraded uh, uh, service and, and really – uh, really very good uh, translation services. Anything else that uh, you'd like to comment on uh, this year's uh, weatherman service? Well, I, you're right, Mike. It was just superb. It's, I've, you know, not only have I watched or listened in on like 35, 34 races in a row. I've attended many before I started this current string, and this was just the best coverage from helping racers, you know, helping chase teams find their race car. Uh, getting parts and all that sort of stuff. It was really good. The guys, the, the the weatherman relay people were polite. Unlike, I love Krusty Bob, but you know he these guys were so polite. They were they were just generous with their time. And uh, the Spanish translation, I am bilingual, and it was very good. They were also very polite. There were a lot of uh, local traffic using the weatherman channel just to chit chat in Spanish. They very politely asked them to get off the channel, and you could see that that was happening. The the people they were talking to were respecting that. Yeah, uh, they, and that's one of the things that that's great about the Republic of Mexico. It's it's just a matter of equal respect. Yep, yep. No, the, the weatherman relay stuff was just superb. This year. best best ever, and I I just hope it can stay that way. I hope score. You know, since this is an independent service that PCI is providing. I just hope that SCORE recognizes them and really gives them, you know, more more latitude, more recognition for the help they're giving the race team. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen because Roger doesn't own it. <laughs> uh, and Very so nice. what, what that will require is that, you know, the community needs to support uh, the weatherman. Needs to support, yes, that's for sure. Um, so let's talk about the elephant in the room now. Uh, uh, let's talk about... Uh, nighttime helicopter uh, medical emergency um, uh, availability. Um, uh, yeah, I, you know, my community, Mike, and I don't know about yours, but I would bet that your community has nighttime emergency uh, ambulance serv- air ambulance service by helicopter. You hear them coming and going around hospitals in the U.S. and in Mexico all the time. So what's the story here? You know, why weren't, why weren't those assets available? Okay, I can tell you exactly the reason why uh, these services are not available through SCORE, and it's just pure laziness. Uh, This is a a, a facilitation that uh, can happen, and all it takes is uh, Roger Norman uh, needs to uh, negotiate and pay for the right to be able to provide such services and let me give you an example who does it every year now, does it flawlessly, but, you know, Roger may not want to pay for these things. And this is one of the problems. Even the daytime helicopter services, he's cut back. So here's what it takes. And it's really very simple. And Roger knows exactly what I'm talking about because he's witnessed it. Dakar has a service that they take throughout the entire continent of South America. They go through numerous countries. They do all sorts of helicopter service. 
and it's not an issue. And it, it merely all it takes is a negotiation, a determination of uh, what's going to be traded, you know, the right for, uh, you know, how much money and uh, what kind of rights. That's all it takes. Uh, I've spoken with the uh, uh, Baja California governor's office about this already. Um, I've also spoken with uh, uh, the folks out of uh, San Diego who do these kinds of uh, operations all the time uh, when uh, the Republic of Mexico requests uh, services. And it has happened where uh, one of the uh, civil protection units will call up into the United States and say, hey, we need X, Y, and Z to come to Mexico. And then the Republic pays, you know, the, whatever service is being being requested, they pay for it. Yep. Um, this is not brain surgery. It is merely laziness uh, on the part of SCORE and Roger Norman. And it is also uh, part of his uh, trying to uh, parlay uh, what he's owning into profits for himself, and he'll have to pay for it. Now, uh, if the community doesn't push enough, say they don't push at all, they're not going to get it. They won't. There will be no air assets in the middle of the night in Mexico for every event next year, including the 50th anniversary. Um, and uh, I've never understood it until I uh, uh, I found out uh, through. Uh, certain uh, people within uh, uh, the uh, SCORE organization under Roger Norman, that this is a an extremely flawed individual. And uh, uh, to, to go to a funeral of a child who was ridden over and killed uh, and not be able to understand uh, the, the loss of human life and convert that into action, no matter what it takes, uh, is uh, is uh, it, it escapes me? It's just inconceivable, isn't it? It is. It's just inconceivable, and you know, unfortunately, I don't see the race community being that concerned. They just—it seems to me that they think, well, it's not going to happen to me. It's going to happen if it happens at all. It's going to happen to somebody else. That's right. That's so exactly what it is, uh, Alan. Yeah. yeah. So they just. It's not a big deal. It's not on radar, but it's just a shame because you never know when your ticket's going to get punched. Uh, there's no question about that, and uh, that I believe that's exactly what it is. Uh, it becomes a it's going to happen to somebody else. It's not going to happen to me, and uh, I've interviewed the people that it does happen to, and they do believe that. They, don't, they never thought that it would occur to them, yep. and then when it does – they are not only are they done with Baja racing, but they also have uh, such a, uh, a change in life that it affects uh, them, their friends, and their families uh, for their balance of their life. Yep, for sure. And you know, not I don't want to be. I'm not being critical of you. I'm being critical of Roger. The, the comparison between Score and the folks that put on Dakar is like night and day, you know. I mean, in terms of professionalism, in terms of experience, in terms of learning from their experience, those guys have been at it for so long, and they've learned, and every year they get a little bit better, and it seems like Roger doesn't take note of any cha any need for change in the time he's been both in charge of SCORE and when he was participating as a race driver. 
Yeah, and what really uh, is troublesome is that when Sal owned it and uh, Roger demanded changes uh, after he uh, rode over a motorcyclist, he demanded uh, all these uh, changes, which Sal made. And then uh, uh, when I asked uh, Roger, you know, about all those changes, you know, about uh, uh, the racers having some kind of input, having to do with all all of these uh, uh, inputs that Sal instituted, uh, Roger uh, came back to me, I'm the review board. Yep. And that no kind of – go ahead. just going to say no transparency whatsoever. No, and uh, what also came up this weekend is extremely uh, uh, troublesome for uh, for amateur racers, and it is that the um, uh, there's a trophy truck team now claiming that they have now paid cash to Roger Norman to have uh, penalties go away. And if that is if that is occurring, uh, that's a, an exclusive, by the way, with BajaRacingNews.com being reported uh, out of Ensenada. If that is if that is the case, uh, that means uh, not only are you uh, Baja racing, uh, but you're also uh, playing in a, a very dangerous uh, money game uh, in uh, Roger Norman's realm. That if somebody does something bad, they can just uh, cash out and uh, absolve themselves of any issues. Uh, an example an example of that is Todd Peterson. Uh, drove in one of the trophy trucks this weekend, and uh, uh, Gary has numerous reports that this uh, a trophy a trophy truck driven by Todd Peterson, who ran over and killed a, uh, an American child in the Baja 500 this year, uh, raced in this year's event, and uh, w- one can only assume that a surcharge was paid uh, to be allowed to race after he's killed a kid. Well, and then then you take this issue if in fact he's taking cash to forget about penalties, and if the penalties are, for example, speeding on the highway, the whole purpose of, of the penalty is so that drivers will respect the speed limit out of, you know, out of safety concerns for everyone using that highway during the race. So if the racer knows they can buy their way out of it and they go ahead and speed, what's the point? You know, it just, it just diminishes any incentive for those drivers to uh, respect the speed limit if they know they can buy their way out. It does. And let me tell you, uh, when that was reported earlier this morning, uh, and I discussed this with the editor of uh, BajaRacingNews.com, it was told to me that they've been wondering down in Ensenada how some of these teams behave differently uh, uh, out in the field during these race events, like cutting the course and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, they giggle about it at the uh, uh, the award ceremonies and all this stuff. And a lot of teams couldn't understand what was going on. Well, now we believe that uh, what's been going on is that there's been a cash system uh, in, uh, in the background that nobody's known about where uh, you can misbehave uh, and uh, get off scot-free, get away with it. Unbelievable. Um, so, uh, we, you know, those are the headlines, uh, but we, let's, let's get back to, uh, the helicopter stuff. Uh, it's, uh, the, it's my own personal opinion that, uh, um, the, the nighttime, uh, medical emergency stuff is actually quite simple, very simple to, to solve. 
Uh, it's, it's a very simple matter of uh, very brief negotiations. Uh, but the reason why this is not occurring is because Roger Norman would need to pay uh, uh, money uh, to have some of this stuff accomplished. And he is unwilling to do that. In fact, he told me personally early in his ownership of SCORE that he didn't even like paying for the helicopters that he was using during the daylight hours. <laughs> now, there are some, and the, and the racers have expressed this already uh, through social media and so forth. Oh, we like Baja racing. We like that uh, that it's dangerous. And uh, we don't mind that uh, uh, these conditions exist. Um Okay, uh, very good and well, uh, but uh, when when the tiger comes in your camp, uh, you know that's the reason why these guys uh, don't uh, uh, complain, and you never hear from them again after they get bit by the tiger. Yeah, because uh, th- oftentimes these are the same guys who said, "Oh, we, you know, we're manly men. We can, we can, we can deal with this." Um, listen, I there's been a couple of race incidents out of the mid 400 uh one guy uh was permanently disabled uh he raced again this year just to do it one more time uh but uh they they never say anything more in public because they know uh the experience of the tiger in their camp yep yep there's that um so uh what is your take now alan on uh uh, what's going to be happening with the 50th anniversary? Uh, what What do you think that you'll be doing for that race event? I'll go to. I'll definitely attend. Not sure. You know, it depends on what the course's layout's going to be, but I won't miss it unless uh, unless it doesn't take place. Sure. Uh, just to let you know, I, I spoke with uh, uh, tourism officials in uh, La Paz recently, uh-huh. and uh, they tell me it's going to be a very traditional race course. They show me where it's going to be out. Uh, laid out. Uh, it's going to be uh, west of uh, uh, Ciudad Constitution, uh, coming down uh, uh, near the Pacific, not uh, on the there. Pacific. Scorpion Say again. Area. Uh, nearby. Yeah, they're going to run by it. Um, oh. And it's going to be uh, the the very same course, as a matter of fact, that was run by the Baja Sur uh, people uh, on November the 5th. Okay. So if you go on to BajaRacingNews.com, you'll see the exact race route. They're going to be going to La Paz. Uh, they uh, denied, uh, you know, Roger wanted to go to Cabo San Lucas, but they uh, denied him to go down there. And uh, you'll want to know this, uh, 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 my friend, uh, Alan, they, they said that they they no longer are paying uh, Roger tourism money to come down and race, that they are now charging him. Good. That's a little payback for canceling the uh, 500 out of Loreto this spring. And then treating the tourism people like they were children. Yep. In public, and that's the reason why they, you know, they put in the press that, you know, Roger Norman was a liar. Yep. Um, he's kind of representing the old book, the ugly American. You know? Totally. Very much so. And we haven't talked about this, but are you aware that uh, he attempted to censure the Elvigia? No. Uh, Roger Norman did not uh, grant uh, press passes for the local newspaper. Oh, God. What a controller. I mean, he needs a psychiatrist. He he, he needs serious uh, uh, help. Yep. I've because got... that that's the last thing you do in the world. Yep. 
Boy. I mean, if you want to permanently damage a relationship, uh, you know, just don't invite him. Don't invite your uh, most important people to the party. Well, and, and the thing is, he could turn it the other way, and these people can be advocates. But when There's he, no when, question. When he pisses them off, they're going to just, you know, throw mud at him every chance they get. There's no question about it. And I, I, I've talked to a couple of the reporters, nobody high up at the, at the, at the watch uh, in Ensenada, but they, they have information that they've not reported on uh, in the past that they are now not going to hold back anymore. Good, good. And I'm uh, not surprised in, in, in one fashion uh, that, that this is uh, transpiring, but uh, it is extremely damaging to the sport. It's extremely damaging to uh, uh, the risk of life and limb to American racers that he's treating the locals like this. Yeah. It's just arrogance, Mike. I agree, uh, and and I also agree with you that there's something more to it, and that uh, uh, my guess is that he's he's receiving medication uh, for the other stuff. Wow, wow! You know, he's probably already seen a doctor. <laughs> in fact, um, probably telling the doctor what to tell him what's wrong with him, and it's not a big deal. <laughs> well, uh, you know, and that is the height of arrogance, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. That would be the height of arrogance. Uh, I'm sorry, doctor, but you're wrong. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and uh, so, you know, the racers, I, I believe, already know this, but it's the only game in town, so they're willing yep. to spend yep. uh, lots of treasure, lots of time to be involved in this because uh, it's a passion. They love it, uh, and it's uh, so much fun. Yeah. Uh, we will continue to report on the proceedings having to do with uh, SCORE International, of course, uh, into 2017, uh, and in particular, having to do with the 50th version of SCORE's Baja 1000. But we're going to put an emphasis on all the race activities that are available in Baja California, not just SCORE International, because, uh, quite frankly, the experiences that are available for uh, racers, chasers, and fans of the sport uh, are numerous uh, in uh, Baja California, and they could exclude uh, a race series if they're uh, so inclined. Um, so uh, the essentially uh, the race course will be a very traditional one in Baja North for the 50th score event, and then it'll be very traditional run uh, uh, south into Baja Sur uh, to La Paz. Um, do you th is there any chance that you would choose to go to Baja South? Probably not, Mike. Just the guys I go with. A uh, couple, couple of them work, and you know, it, we we take a week, and it would take quite a bit longer than that, I think, to do to do the whole thing. I'll do Baja Sur for no, for the Nora race because I chase it all the way, but probably not for the fiftieth. Right. Um, we will. Uh, I mean, uh, just as an advisory, we'll keep everybody advised on uh, the proceedings having to do with uh, the race course and the planning having to do with the uh, 50th score event. Uh, but uh, uh, one of the things that we're going to attempt to focus on, and if you can give us any input on this, Alan, as the year progresses, please do so. We're going to try to give uh, uh, racers, chasers, and fans uh, the alternatives to uh, 
uh, the fun activities in Baja racing throughout the peninsula uh, with the other venues and the other uh, opportunities to adventure uh, in uh, Baja, California, Mexico. Right. One one final question, Mike, uh, before I run. Any any insight into who in, who uh, Robbie Gordon's engine builder is? Oh, um, I I do not. I have not looked into that. Uh, uh, listen, I feel for uh, Gordon Motorsports, uh, um, oh, but man. I know. Uh, but my you know my uh, understanding is the same that we've had uh, for years, and that is that. Um, uh, you know, Robbie has uh, so many things going on, and he's such a one-man operation that uh, this this may not be just the engine builder. This this may be a combination of things. Wow, too bad he's you know he's been so darn good for so long, and yet he's having trouble finishing races of late. Nora, I mean not Nora, um, the car, and and these Baja races. It just seems like he can't. Something different seems to go wrong every time. This time it was the engine, I guess. Well, and he's good for uh, Baja tourism. He's good for uh, uh, Baja racing that he attends and participates in some fashion. Uh, we're very excited for uh, the second version of uh, Mike's, uh, 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 essentially the Mike's, uh, Peak, Mike's Peak. The Mike's Peak event uh, awesome. for next year. And we're, we're also going to send you an engraved invitation. <laughs> So that you can make it down. I would love it. Uh, I, you know, I think it's it's one of those events that literally, and I'm, I, I've told everybody this. I, I'm serious. I, th I think this can be as big or bigger um, than uh, the Baja 1000. And the reason, you know, standing alone, is that you know this is not uh, an overly complex event, uh, mm -hmm. and it's something that doesn't take a uh, in knocking off a bank to accomplish. Right, exactly. Good points. Good points. And there can be a number of, as as Robbie did this year, he had a number of different classes, which is really, really important. Uh, he even had a rental class. I hope you went to uh, BajaRacingNews.com. There's a picture of the, the winner in the rental car class. <laughs> Take a peek at that. Alan Cole of MotorMexico.com, uh, my friend, thank you so much for calling in today. Uh, your wisdom and experience is extremely valued here, and um, uh, we want to uh, share uh, our love for Baja California and, of course, uh, uh, of the Baja races with everybody. And one of the easiest ways of doing that is by having Alan Cole on the line like we did just now. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Mike. Great to You just do a great job. I love your show. Well, uh, we'll look forward to two, 2017, and as mentioned, uh, we celebrated uh, 1966 this year, and we'll be celebrating uh, another uh, anniversary, and that's the uh, 50th SCORE event uh, next November. Great. Thank you so much, okay. Alan. Take care, Mike. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Off-Road Live, every Monday, 4 West, 7 East, right here. Monster Mike and the Baja crew were live in the Desert Tower studio. More headlines next.
Off-Road Live. This is Monster Mike and the Baja crew. And uh, if you uh, have uh, ESP online or uh, you've got actual television, uh, ESPN is carrying the National Football League game. Uh, the players are coming down onto the field in Mexico City. Should be uh, in an entertaining game. We'll uh, go off the air as soon as the uh, uh, game starts. Uh, we'll give you some of the proceedings. That way you can get a, an idea of uh, how important uh, this is for the Republic of Mexico. Uh, in particular with uh, this time in our uh, United States and uh, United States and Mexico history. All right. Let's uh, celebrate our friends with us here. Ram Trucks, Marlboro, Hard Rock, Budweiser, Red Bull, our friends at BajaSafari.com, and the reporting and the great team, the Baja 1000 team, at TeamValvoline.com. We do have a United States story that we do want to report on. John Stewart uh, gave us the report just before airtime. Uh, John reports that H.R. 835, a Trail Volunteer Act, is proceeding and most likely will be signed by the United States president uh, and essentially it beefs up trail maintenance uh, for forest service adoptions so uh, if you're interested in adopting a trail in the forest service lands you may want to get a hold of one of your local administrators there may be some additional resources available for you to do that adoption again that's hr 835 a trail volunteer act and that's a Trail Maintenance Act uh, for adopting trails throughout the Forest Service lands in the United States of America, in particular for mechanized use. Thank you very much. This is Monster Mike. We're live at the Desert Tower Studios from the Big Bad Desert.
boxes that, that are in there as well, and, and uh, it's just crazy to see it all come together. And I know there's a lot of smiling faces going on from friends uh, that, that know their role and their importance in helping me grow in the cure. And I'm just, you know, honestly, so thankful for those moments. Obviously, one of those people, one of many is your father, and he talked in some interviews today about how he remembers sitting on the couch with you watching Earnhardt and Petty race. And you as a kid, do you remember those times with your dad as well and saying, I might be on a dirt bike now, but, yeah, that's what I want to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, that's how it was never the, the thing for me. I, I, all my years, growing up in California, all my years were buttercrops, off-road, things like that. So looking at Years, Robbie Ford, some of the guys that went from off-road to IndyCar was, was this kind of a dream that I had going on. And then the NASCAR thing came around. I'm so thankful it did. Obviously, these cars really used to my style and, and had the upbringing I had. But um, you can dream and think of scenarios too often. You never know how it's going to turn out and where it's going to lead. And I, I'm so blessed, blown away that it's where it at. Jimmy Johnson, of course, your seven-time Sprint Cup champion joining the Freak Nation. And Jimmy, another thing that you've accomplished with these seven championships is the respect that you're you're getting from the old-timers of really your name is up there with Richard Petty. It's up there with Dale Earnhardt Sr. But you're still this kid growing up in Southern California, man. Does somebody just slap you around a little bit and say, dude, wake up, you're, you're a big-timer now? <laughs> it's wild for sure.
And there you have it, the uh, the interview uh, of the hour yesterday, and that is Jimmy Johnson taking his seventh NASCAR championship. Uh, amazingly, uh, San Diego, uh, born and raised, uh, and of course uh, his uh, desert off-road racing roots being uh, in the San Diego area. We'll have more on this story next week. Uh, Jimmy Johnson and the big headline seven NASCAR championships just amazing off-road live monster mike and the baja crew If you want some of this uh, Baja racing or Baja adventure, go to BajaSafari.com. The last frontier in adventure. BajaSafari.com. And, of course, the greatest escape in racing, the Cabo500.com. Go to the Pro-Am next spring. Go to Cabo500.com. Yeah, the exclusive race in paradise. Off-Road Live.
one of the things that, uh, quite frankly, uh, is so exciting is uh, this year's end to the uh, the vaunted King of Vegas. There's at least one more race in the American series that determines the King of Vegas this year, and that's the Rage at the River at Laughlin, December 11th and the 12th. Be sure to look into that if you're a racer. That is Rage at the River, Laughlin, December 11th and 12th, here in the United States, in the big bad desert. And, of course, the 2016 King of Vegas Racing Series will determine the King of Vegas choice for this year. Red Bull, BajaSafari.com, and TeamValvoline.com. Be sure to tune in to TeamValvoline.com over the next several weeks where the video log will continue in the vaunted Baja 1000 project of Valvoline and Cummins, and we'll see how everything wrapped up for the Team Valvoline race team this year. on your head. I'm going to collect. And I guess I have no choice but to kill you all.
15% or more on car insurance. And the view, it's pretty. Stadio Azteca getting ready for the Raiders, Texans, first Monday night game in the history, out of the country, and here we are in Mexico. And by, here we are, ready, and you know, I've missed this. You guys kind of usurped it. Good to have you. Come on, Good man. Come on, man. You teeing it up, Trent? Start? All right, we'll Come start on, man. Bortles. It seems to be a common theme. Yesterday, he's throwing the ball Marquise Lee across the middle, and he misses badly. Check it out. The ball so far behind Marquise Lee, he kicks the ball up into the air, and it gets intercepted. Now, this would be weird, except it just happened last week. Blake Bortles throws the ball. They play kickball with it. The Jacksonville Jaguars been London four times. Maybe they're getting confused. I think they're playing soccer. Come on, Blake Bortles. Come on, man. All right, Lindball, John Joseph, and Brian Robinson. What a, hey, coming out. Oh, you're rushing. Oh, my gosh. It's pretty bulky. The audio check. Bernie, is he going to take on Lindball? He weighs 400 pounds. 400 at least. <laughs> Lindball, look at Lindball. He says, hey, I think I hit something. I'm not sure. Bernie. Well, folks, thanks very much for tuning in to this historic Baja 1000 rap on Off-Road Live. We'll be back again next week for West 7 East here on Off-Road Live from the Big Bad Desert. Exclusive desert racing and recreation news and information with our friends Ram Trucks, Hard Rock, Marlboro, Budweiser, Red Bull, BajaSafari.com, and for 2017, just wait. Do you remember back in 
coast, border to border, wherever you are, wherever you may be. XERF is at 1570 on your radio dial and heard all over the nation. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.